Today's guest is Claire Campagna. Claire is an energetic alignment coach for entrepreneurs. Claire uses human design, astrology, and intuitive guidance to support burnt out and overwhelmed entrepreneurs to create their own customized paths to flow and freedom in their businesses. As Claire guides clients through the journey of self-discovery using their unique energetic blueprints, they learn how to cultivate their own version of lasting fulfillment in their businesses and lives through total energetic alignment. Hi, can I ask all of you listening a favor that would be so helpful? Would you mind rating and reviewing this podcast on whatever app you're listening? Even just clicking the star button to rate would be so helpful. With lesser known podcasts, ratings make a huge difference in the algorithm and whether new listeners can even find this podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Welcome to What the Fuck Just Happened. I'm your host, Liz Enton. If you listen to the intro, you know my story. If not, here's a brief summary. I'm a science skeptic, and when my dad died, I took a shot in the dark and decided to investigate if there was any possible evidence of an afterlife. I assumed that was as realistic as Santa Claus, but I was desperate. However, I was so blown away by what I discovered that I wrote a book and launched this podcast. In this podcast, I will be talking to some fairly normal people about some really weird shit. I speak with everyone from psychic mediums and afterlife researchers to ordinary people who've had some inexplicable experiences. So come, listen, there's no need to draw any final conclusions. Keep an open mind and wonder, what the fuck just happened? Hi, everyone. Today, I am talking to Claire Campagna. She is a fellow left-brainer, a friend of mine. We met in a presentation that we were doing where I discuss my thoughts on manifesting, which I have some, you know, very sort of science-based thoughts on that and a lot of thoughts about it. And Claire and I were paired for part of it. And she, we think a lot alike. She's very fascinated by science and spirituality from a logical left brain perspective. So Claire can take it over from here. Yes, thank you. I'm Claire Campania, like you mentioned. And yeah, I definitely come from the school of this stuff is bullshit until, you know, you change your mind at a certain point. You open your mind is really a better way of putting it because I just don't really have super definitive beliefs about anything. So I'm sure we'll go down those rabbit holes. But where I'm at today, coming from an engineering background, I have totally shifted gears. And now I 
literally work with human design and astrology, like, whoa, so woo on the other end of the spectrum. But very long story short, I had a quarter life crisis. I had no idea who I was. I was so disconnected from myself and it brought me back. Those two systems really pointed to things in me that I knew, but had never been able able to articulate. So I support other people through that process using the lens of human design and astrology. And yeah, I'm just excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being on. So you have a degree in package engineering, which is very logical, spatial-based, brain-based. And then you got into both astrology and human design. What was your very first step getting into, do you want to start with astrology or human design, or did you start both in parallel with each other? Yeah, no, I definitely went down the astrology rabbit hole first because that was what I was familiar with. I knew what astrology was. I knew I was an Aquarius. You know, most people know what season they were born in, if nothing else. And basically the very long story short is I was so desperate that I went down all the rabbit holes, which sounds similar to, you know, kind of where your background was with you just searching for things that you never would have otherwise if your circumstances weren't what they were. And that's similar to what my path was, but you know, in my own way. And astrology just basically revealed to me this whole other side to myself when I looked at my entire chart and I really went deep into the weeds of understanding what all of it meant. And then I started doing it with other people too. Like, wow, if I have all of this to me that I know is in there, but has been kind of, you know, suppressed or like the volume's been turned down on all these other multifaceted parts of myself. I wonder what else I can learn about the people around me. And I basically collected information from every person I know that was willing to share it with me. And I just was able to connect all these dots and see things playing out live in real life. And it just, you know, again, it just becomes hard to deny at a certain point when you are learning a certain amount of things and seeing it in reality. And then I went down the human design rabbit hole as a, <laughs> as an after thought after that. And that one to me where astrology is, it gave me this permission basically to be who I was, all the pieces, not just this one persona. A human design almost gives more tangible ways of how to do that in the world because it's really all about essentially how energy moves through us. Can you explain a little more about human design? Because I don't know if everyone knows exactly what it is. For sure. It's fascinating. It's essentially this system that is a blend of ancient sciences and modern day sciences. So it's based on the I Ching, Kabbalah, the chakra system, astrology. It's also based on quantum physics and genetics and biochemistry. It's really funny, actually, the one of the modern day pieces it's based on is neutrinos. Uh, If you're familiar with those, they're a subatomic particle. They carry like an infinitesimal amount of mass, barely any. And there's hundreds of billions of them, possibly trillions moving through us at every single second. And long story short, that's a lot of what human design is based on, essentially these cosmic particles, I think of them almost as like stardust, a lot of them come from the sun, moving through each of us and basically where different people have different levels of openness and receptivity in their bodies, that's why it's showing up and why we all 
act, behave differently, obviously with all of the context of your actual life experiences and conditioning and all of those things layered on top of it. Um, But it's just funny because I don't know if you're familiar with the 1440. It's one of those like, you know, non-biased news uh, email subscriptions that I, I subscribe to it. And literally this morning, there was something about neutrinos in it, how there's just been like new breakthrough science on it. There's been Nobel prizes awarded on neutrinos. So for, for the left brain folks, like that's part of the sciencey side, if you will, of what human design is based on. How do we know human design works this way? I mean, our people's bodies aren't going into the large Hadron Collider and then measuring that the neutrinos are moving through them. What made someone think this is how it works in the first place? For sure. It's a great question. And this is where this is where the spiritual side comes into it. And this is where it loses people sometimes. So as you heard, it's based on all of those different systems, which are legitimate systems in their own way. They all exist already the system of human design itself was channeled. It came through in the 80s. And essentially, again, the systems already existed, but this system is based on layering all of these other systems together and showing how they kind of work together. They're all based on energy at the end of the day. All of those systems are. And it's basically the way I think of it, you know how so many religions, for example, they're all saying the same thing, but in a different way. That's basically what this is. And it's saying, let's take all of the pieces of what all of these systems are saying and meld them together and speak to how that shows up in people. So it's not like it's new information necessarily. It's information getting dots connected from this system to that system, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think, something that's absolutely worth exploring further. So it was channeled by one person who channeled it. Yes. His name was Alan. (laughs) He was literally just like a Canadian businessman. And he one day heard something to the effect of, he heard a voice that said, it's time to get to work. And he, over the next week, just put down every single piece of this system down and then human design existed. And then he spent the next, I think, 40-ish years of his life teaching it and sharing it with other people. So it's been carried on since the 80s. And I share that because I I believe, check me on this for sure, but I believe neutrinos came into the sphere of science not that long before that, like only a decade or two before that. So that was almost like a missing puzzle piece that brought the quantum physics angle into the picture and allowed us to kind of understand why and how things were showing up the way they were. It seems like they're discovering new quantum particles on a regular basis. Yes. I actually don't know the history of neutrinos. I don't, I'm fascinated by quantum physics, but I, I can't by any means claim to know the level of a physicist, even close. So what makes you believe it? What experiences have you had that you think this is something worth pursuing and it's genuinely has something to it. Yeah. So I feel like first it's worth mentioning that I don't necessarily believe in anything or not believe in anything. (laughs) Uh, Just because I am very informed on these two topics and I absolutely see the value in them. I don't care if you believe in them or not, number one. And I also think that they can still be valuable even if you don't. So that's almost the lens that I view them through of 
I have found so much that resonates with me, you know, for lack of a better way of saying it, like these systems are speaking to things again, that I'm seeing play out in my real life. And, you know, whether you're like, okay, we'll prove why or not. Is it teaching you something? Are you learning something from it? Is it triggering something positive or negative in you either way? Yes. Then to me, it's still a valuable system, whether it's, you know, substantiated fully in your mind or not. So that's kind of how I view it. And I've just allowed my, the part of my brain that needs to make sense of things, full sense of things to just like take a back seat for a minute and just accept that what I know about these is enough because they have tremendously shifted my life. So just felt that was worth disclaiming first and foremost. And so then just for specific examples of how I've seen this show up, I'll just give kind of like some of the unique ones that I've seen there. There's energy types. There's five of them in human design. There's so much more nuance past that, but on the basic level and the least common one is called reflectors. They're 1% of the population and essentially they're the most receptive of all of us. These particles are moving through them in a way that they're not moving through everybody else in the world. And there's one part of what it means to be a reflector that essentially when they're making decisions because of that level of openness, it takes them about an entire lunar cycle, a whole month, essentially, to make informed decisions that they actually feel really good about versus being spontaneous, like a lot of people can be and not regret it. And that sounds absolutely crazy to 99% of the population. Like, how the hell can it take you a month to make a decision? Every reflector that I have done a reading for is like, oh, yeah, no, I, I do that. I take a, I literally tell people to give me a month. They're like, yeah, it's exactly a month. Wow, thank you. That's so validating. I've already been doing that. Which to me, again, I'm like, what? Like, that just sounds crazy to me. Yeah, that sounds crazy to me too. I don't think I'm a reflector, I guess. You're definitely not. I have a couple ideas of what you would be, but I actually, I'm going to have you on my podcast. So maybe I'll get your info before that and we can play with that on mine. That'd be fun. But anyway, yeah. So that's the first example that pops into my mind because- it's one of those that I think the general public would say like, what the hell? But the people that it hits for, it hits 100% of the time. <laughs> also, when I think of a lunar cycle, there really is a mathematical perfect, I, I hate the word perfection, but a mathematical elegance, I believe, I think it's as Dean Radin referred to it, the elegant universe. There's just this mathematical perfection of the tides and the spin and the cycles of moons and planets. And I can see how it must tie into us in ways we can't even begin to understand yet as well. Exactly. Yeah, I know. I'm like, when people are like, oh, the moon doesn't impact us. I'm like, it literally changes the tide of the ocean. So that's interesting that you think that. But <laughs> I agree. And essentially what it comes down to with reflectors specifically, just for more context, is it's giving them the chance to ride the whole ebb and flow of the cycles of what they'll feel like because they're very impacted by that cycle. And so essentially they, at the end of that time period are like, okay, I've 
I can see from every angle of what this would feel like if I moved forward with it. So now I can make an informed decision. Which one are you? Yeah, I'm a projector, which is about 20% of the population. So I'm also not in the, uh, the general public. And that is probably also why this system spoke to me so much because it, you know, whenever you find out that you're not in the majority and you're going through an existential crisis of feeling like, why do I not fit into this system of the rest of the world? It's so validating. <laughs> what characteristics of that? I'm sorry, generator, right? Am I, that's what you said you were? Projector. Okay, sorry, projector. What characteristics of projector did you relate to the most? Oh my gosh, so many. Probably the number one is that they're very, very good at mimicking the general population, which does have a generating quality in them. So you were spot on with that. Most of the population is either a manifesting generator or a generator. And essentially what that means is like that's sustainable, regenerative access to your sacral chakra. So energy, like you are able to create life force energy and projectors, reflectors, manifestors, the ones who are not in that category, we have to be interacting with people who have that center active in them to access that energy. So we experience ebbs and flows like majorly with our energy cycles, but projectors specifically are very good at mimicking what the general population to do. So we're super prone to burning out because we can produce like a generator can, but in a really condensed period of time, we have the gift of focusing our energy. So like in three hours, I can get an eight hour work day done. And that makes me look like a super employee. But at the end of the day, I'm still expected to work eight hours a day in a corporate job. And that was literally killing me. <laughs> you would work better, say, if you worked intensely for four days and then took four days off. Yes and no. It's I would say it's more like on a daily cycle that you reboot it. So more like, and I, I totally do this now in my job, like I work hard in the morning and then I take like a three hour break and then I'll work again for like three more hours. And that works so much better for me. Like I actually just completely am useless if you try to get me to work for a prolonged period of time. Like I, that's not how my energy operates at all. This is a little bit of a side note, but I just think our world would be so much better if companies and schools didn't try to fight how every individual works and let people go on their circadian rhythm. There are people that are called lazy for sleeping till noon, but they're often the ones working brilliantly at three in the morning. And there are people who are called lazy for falling asleep at 7pm, but maybe they're the ones that wake up at 5am, go for a run and are at their peak. So I just think companies and schools would thrive if we honored that different people's bodies and productivity work very differently. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And both of us just making a side note came from very driven, high achiever cultures in ways that were toxic to us. And we bonded a little about that. So what is the most common? What, what are they called? Personality types, energy types? Energy types. Yeah. And so it would be anybody with a generator title in their energy type. So that can be there's two of them that fall into that category. And they each make up about like 35-ish percent. So totaling together, 70% of the population is either a manifesting generator or a generator. And again, these are like 
the blessing of those, if you will. The great part about having a generating quality in your energy type is the society we live in was kind of designed for that. You are able to keep up. Where you will get burnt out is if you're placing that energy in something that doesn't fulfill you and doesn't satisfy you. Like it's literally about regenerative energy. If you are pouring your energy into something that's draining and not pouring back into you, that's going to absolutely burn out anybody with that generating quality. Everything you just said about that, I 100% relate to. So it'll be interesting to go, I'm going to guess that's me. You're going to guess that's me. And then we'll reveal it on your podcast. Yes, I'm so excited now. (sighs) A little experiment. And I'll read all of them and I'll guess what I am. But everything you said, I already guess I'm a generator. I relate 100% to all of that. What ways do you think human design could apply more to society and make our world better? Yeah. I mean, I think literally the example that you just brought up, like if corporate jobs, if schools, if if people just kind of were their own cycles and, and energy ebbs and flows were honored more, I think that would be extremely helpful just in a very high level way. But I can say on the individual level, what I have seen in my own life, what I see in clients' lives, where there's been such a supportive shift is when you make these just slight changes in your lifestyle. Like I quit my job. You don't have to blow up your whole life and quit your job and break up and do all these things. Sometimes you might need to or want to as a result of learning this stuff, but There's ways where you can just make such minor shifts in the way that you're engaging in day-to-day activity that ultimately are just going to allow you to, you know, go with the flow of what your energy wants to do, essentially. You're not going to continue running into resistance by doing things the way people are wanting you to or expecting you to or that you've been taught to. It's like when you actually just know how your energetics are designed to operate essentially, like how your body is most in flow, it just creates so much less resistance overall in every area of your life, which obviously is a goal. Like who doesn't want less resistance in their life? That'd be lovely. I would love for things to just work out for me. And I will tell you, the more that I experiment with my human design, it's fascinating because I will say it feels counterintuitive a lot of the time. It's not what you want to do because we've been conditioned to do something else or we're scared to do the thing that it's telling us to do. Cause it's like, wait, I, as a projector, I'm not supposed to initiate things. I have to wait for an invitation to do it. That feels counterintuitive, but I can also tell you the times that I just serve myself and I just show up and and do things that I want to do, those are the times when I get invitations to do the things I actually wanted to, (laughs) where when I'm trying to force something to happen and I'm trying to set it up, it honestly does not pan out a lot of the time. Can you give an example of what you mean? Yeah, I have a good, I have a good one for this because this was honestly one of the ones where it was like, oh shit, for me, it was a big moment of recognition for this. So I, you know, I try to get clients. I'm not meant to like shoot in people's DMs. Like people are literally just not going to answer me if I do that. And I was in sales for seven years. Like I know how to talk to people, but I also just, I can feel that it's not getting received. You know, when we're talking to somebody and you're like, okay, that, that didn't land. Whereas 
when I just don't have an agenda, I, I went to an event that I wanted to go to, for example, in the fall with no agenda whatsoever, other than I want to be here. And this sounds nice to me. It was a breathwork event. I'm doing breathwork. She brings in astrology, the, the facilitator, and just mentioned it offhand. She asked me to comment on it. She invited me to comment on it because she saw that I was familiar with it. And I ended up talking so much because she was like, wait, I feel like you know more about this topic than I do. I left with two clients. I literally got two private coaching clients from this event because I came in with no agenda. I'm just doing what I want to do and it's aligned with what I enjoy. And I left with two invitations to coach people. <laughs> How I, those things usually work in my life and tell me if this would be tied in with human design. So I'm not astrologer, but I'm just going to parallel your example, pretending I am. The woman would talk about astrology. I would go up to her afterwards and say, oh my God, I'm an astrologer. I have all these brilliant ideas for collaboration. You want to grab a coffee and brainstorm some ideas. And then I would brainstorm. Then we would maybe do a little presentation together. Then I would get clients, but I usually would be the one to initiate that. And that's very much my personality. I get excited. I love reaching out to people. I love initiating collaborations. So is that a different human design that that would align with me? And very rarely do things fall in my lap. Yeah. What's coming up for me and what I was thinking earlier was my guess. And again, it's a total guess, but you give off manifesting generator vibes, especially by a couple of things you've already said. Like I just get all these ideas and I jump on them. And so I'm almost like, start this thing onto the next. I've got another idea. I'm going to do that. So with all those ideas, that's very manifestor, manifesting generator-esque, if you will. That's kind of their whole thing. I The analogy I love with them is like, they're like the pollinating bees. You're meant to jump from flower to flower and cross-pollinate. That's one of your gifts. And because there is that manifesting quality in there where pure generators don't have that, that does allow you when there has been something presented to you, like you just said, in that situation, you walk up after the event because she has invited you by asking you to speak about astrology. And now you can bring up, hey, would you like to collaborate? You can then initiate after you've been given something to respond to as a manifesting generator. And so that's why I feel like that would definitely track if that is your type. I have been told my type. I don't remember it. What exactly is it based on? Yeah. So you type in the same information you would for a birth chart. You enter your birth time, date, and location. And so that's where the astrology side of it comes in. But again, the information that it outputs is not going to be the same as what a birth chart would look like. Okay, so now you also do astrology. What is the core difference between astrology and human design? Yeah, I'll speak to this from my point of view because there probably is like a legitimate one. <laughs> but the way that I view them is I think that astrology is it's you know, it's a map of who you are essentially at the time of your birth and it really gives insight into every nuance of your personality and potentially where each of these characteristics that comes out comes from it. Like, you know, it speaks to the flavor, the color, if you will, of how each of these things expresses itself within you. And 
and also the, the area of your life that it might play into. Where human design to me is, again, it's much more about energy. And I think it has a lot more tangible ways to actually apply and integrate into your life. Astrology is telling you who you are. Human design is telling you, okay, now what do I do with this though? I remember when I was a kid, I was always curious about everything, but very like, didn't believe anything like this. But I remember once in high school, there was this girl and we found out we had the same birthday. Actually, there were two girls and I couldn't stand either of them. <laughs> they were, I, they were not people I aligned with or was alike at all. So I was like, okay, I have the exact same astrological sign as these two girls and we are not alike at all. So how does it apply that signs are alike? When you say you have the exact same signs, like you guys have the same sun signs, like you're both Aries or something like that. Okay. So already there, it's more complex than that. We just had the exact same birth date and born in the same location. Got it. That's just probably a very simplistic interpretation, but at about 15 thinking, okay, so this is evidence that astrology is bullshit. And it wasn't important enough to me. I never really gave any of this much thought. That was enough, yeah. a- enough for you to write it off. Yeah, I, I hear that. And and honestly, I think that's a great example, actually, because the piece that when you're not into astrology that most people miss and why they do write it off is because so much of it is based on the time of day that you were born which is why that gets emphasized so much, which is why you see those joking memes, like people texting their mom, what time was I born? And the mom's like, dump that girl. (laughs) But that's why the time matters because that's what dictates your rising sign. So anytime you're reading a horoscope, especially about like what's going on in the sky today type of horoscope, 99% of the time, that's going to be based on your rising sign. You shouldn't be reading for your sun sign. So again, you might've been born at like 12 PM and one was born at 7 PM and the other was born at 3 PM. You're all going to have a completely different way that you view the world, show up in the world, the way the world views you, and also a different viewpoint and way that it like shows up in your life, basically in every single area of your life, because your rising sign dictates the rest of your chart. Yes, you guys have the same sun sign. You probably, or maybe have the same moon sign and some of the same planetary placements as well, but where they land in relation to areas of your life again, and the way that people might see them showing up in your personality is going to be completely different. And that's why like twins are a great example. Twins are not born at the same time. And like, sometimes they're so much alike because they're born within the you know, a 10 minute window of each other. And so their rising signs are the same and almost everything is the same. So I have done a chart for twins, two different charts for twins who were born 15 minutes apart, but it was at the time when the rising sign was shifting during the day. And they are so different, these two. And it was like so obvious to me that one was a Cancer rising and one was a Gemini rising. It made so much sense. I had known them since high school. So it was like something was clicking into place like, oh, this makes so much sense. I've always wondered why you guys were so different. Can't even really call this a real experiment or, but it was just an interesting, fun little thing. I know I've mentioned my friend, Joe Peretta. He has an episode on this podcast too. He's a psychic medium. And we were away at an event one weekend and just for fun, 
were like, let's play with astrology. And he didn't show me, but he's like, give me all your birth date information. And he said, okay, I'm going to pull up two different charts. He had me read two. And I was like, I relate a lot more to that one. And it was accurate. And then what was so weird was in one part of it, it's like at this age between like 25 and 29 or something, you're going to have a huge trauma in your father area. And I was like, what the fuck? That was exactly the frame when my dad passed. So we were both just like, this is weird. And there were a lot of other things that were really relatable. I, it just made me curious. I can't consider it science at all. It would take a lot of in-depth research, but I just thought that we were both like, this is really weird because it was very specific. Every horoscope I've ever read, is, I would read them for fun. And they were always completely general. I could read every single one and make every single one fit. So this was the only time that I was like, this is interesting. I think that is so true. I agree with you. I think that's why I hated astrology for so long. Like you're just used to pop astrology, which is to your point, it's so generalized that you're like, okay, literally all of these are accurate <laughs> for me. You know, accurate, my air quotes. But yeah, the deeper you get into astrology, there's a whole field of predictive astrology, which is kind of what you were just referencing of, you know, some transiting planet going over something in your chart. I'm assuming probably something to do with Pluto and Saturn in that example. And just speaking to just things that you're just like, how the hell could it know that? And I, the way that I view astrology and human design really is I think every single placement or every single characteristic it's going to tell you about yourself shows up on a spectrum. And there's a, there's a lower expression of how it can show up. There's a higher expression of how it can show up. There's a thousand different ones in the, the middle as well. And so I don't tend to use it predictively because of that, because it's like, I'm going to have to give you 16,000 different scenarios of how it could possibly play out where it, to your point, it like kind of loses legitimacy. I think it's a really helpful tool though, just to reflect with, to use it looking back and say, okay, I'm not saying this is why this happened, but it's really great to kind of have more context around potentially why it showed up and why it did at this time and in this way and etc. You ever wonder what mediums do with their free time? How about a 30-something-year-old gay medium living in New York City? Well, in this podcast, you're about to find out. Welcome to Ghost Daddy, a place where LGBTQ plus spiritual people and our cis-hetero allies, of course, have a place to just be themselves and spread their wisdom. This is the new face of spirituality. None of that love and light, toxic positivity crap. So pour yourself a vodka soda, <laughs> open up your mind, and start listening. You can listen to the Ghost Daddy podcast anywhere where you listen to podcasts. I want to back up a second because you mentioned in human design that it was, was it, it was the reflectors who follow the moon cycle, that the way we have changed our world messed with or interfered with human design or 
would that apply to all of us in some way or just the reflectors? Because, okay, we can say we're all affected by the moon. So in many ways, our bodies all interact with time and cycles. And if you're out in the country and you're living off the grid and you don't have electricity, the moon and the sun affects you so much. Now we've messed with all of that, with lights and time of day. So do you think with all of that technology and taking us out of our natural cycles, we maybe messed with who we're energetically supposed to be or how we respond? It's a great question. I will say that the, again, like the energy types that we were just talking about with human design is literally the highest level of human design. It goes so, 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 so much deeper. And actually one of the pieces of human design that speaks to that specifically, that speaks to energy, like EMFs, specifically, there are certain spots in your chart that can point to if you are somebody who is more sensitive to that type of energy, to the frequencies shifting. And those people are going to be the ones who really are going to notice when they're sitting in front of technology all day. If their job is the kind of job that requires them to be using Wi-Fi all day or something like that. And that's another one actually that lands every time that I talk to people that have that. They're like, yeah, that's why I'm a wildlife instructor or something like that. (laughs) They're like, yeah, that's why I don't do that because I literally can feel electromagnetic frequencies. And people are like, what do you mean you you can feel that? And they're like, I just, I don't know how to explain it. I feel it in a different way. So again, it's going to show up in everybody differently. Everyone's sensitive to it to some degree, like you said, but it's some people are going to be hypersensitive to it because that's the type, for lack of a better word, of energy that really messes with them. Yeah. And we've manipulated, and I'm glad we have, But anyway, we have manipulated lots of cycles from when the sun goes down. Well, not literally, but the lights in our home. We manipulate seasons with heat and AC and getting foods that are not seasonal. We can jump to a new time zone in a few hours. We've done all this manipulation where the elements do not affect our bodies the way they would otherwise. We, I guess, aren't tied into the sun cycle or the moon cycle or the seasonal cycle. So what extent specifically do you think that has affected our human design energy? Yeah, this is, again, this is just me speaking from me because I haven't, I haven't done a ton of scientific research on this, but this would be my theory, if you will, on that which kind of goes back to what we were just saying. It's not just EMFs. There's tons of different components. Light is another component that does impact certain people more than others. The dryness or humidity of an environment impacts some people more than others. It's all in terms of human design. We know this as well outside of human design. But there's all of these different factors that they're all going to impact all of us. But essentially, for some people, they're going to be hypersensitive to it. So to your point, we've manipulated this world so much that knowing which ones impact you the most, that you're going to be most sensitive to, because human design is all about our reactions to external stimuli, 
if certain stimuli is really going to have a strong impact on you, those are the ones that you're going to want to consider in your day-to-day life and the way that you live. If you are going to be most receptive and, and focus best and actually thrive and be most efficient in an environment that is, you know, buzzing with people and you're in the heart of the action where some people are really not like that's overstimulating and they literally can't focus in those situations. There's a human design way of explaining those things. And that to me is know your type and know who you are and go to the places that haven't overly manipulated that specific external stimuli. So the ones where people thrive the best in the center and constantly around people, that's me. Does that align with what you're guessing for my type? I don't know yet because that's a deeper level. That's going to speak to an arrow on the chart, a variable on the chart, and it basically tells you which environment that you're going to thrive best in. Um, There's obviously more background behind that, but it's not based on your type is the short answer. (laughs) I thrive best overall when I'm around a ton of people, but when I'm around negative people and in a toxic environment, I just get so drained. I seem to get more affected than other people who can maybe just be a little more numb to it. Essentially, the, the, the chakra angle of where those play in, they're going to speak to, yes, we're all impacted by other people's energy, like we know this, and in what ways are you impacted more than others? Like you just said, you tend to feel like you're more impacted by people just having that negative attitude than other people. And we'll look at your chart and see what that actually is coming from. But some people have their solar plexus, their emotional center, completely open, aka it's full on receptive to everybody else's emotions around them. And I know several people close to me in my life that have this, and they literally pick up other people's emotions and and take them on as their own until they're aware that that's what they're doing. And then they're like, oh, that's not mine. And it allows it to kind of like pass through them faster that way because they they know I don't need to hold on to this. This isn't even my anger. What is interesting, you brought up the solar plexus, which if anyone's wondering, that's your stomach. So I used to, as a kid, I was in very toxic schools and I used to feel everything in my stomach so intensely. And... I think I blocked a lot of that off. I mean, in a very physical way too. And I've been undoing that a lot. I actually do write about that a little in my book when I do some energy work, but it's been physical, even holding it in the way I've held my muscles in energetic ways when I've started to feel stuff in my stomach. And I've noticed that as I've learned to feel there, I'm feeling so much more aligned with what's right for me and not, and I feel everything so intensely there. Blocking that off was having me make decisions where I was surrounded by people in situations that were not right for me. I love that. And I will say too, we, we won't need to go down this rabbit hole right now because it could go deep. But the very short thing that I have to say to that is if you are a manifesting generator, that also means again that you have constant access to that sacral center, which is right beneath the solar plexus in your body. Essentially, it's it's right under that. And we call that in human design, gut reactions, the actual literal gut response to things. And that is kind of one of the gifts of having that generating quality. You get literal bodily responses, visceral responses when something is 
for you or not for you. And it's, it's spontaneous. That's why reflectors probably sound wild and out there, especially to the general population, because the general population has a gut response and you can make an aligned decision in the moment because your body is telling you yes or no. Where, where we get into trouble with that is though, to your point, when you suppress that and you let your mind make the decision instead of your body. I think a huge problem in our society, not everywhere, but I know the way I was raised was very much to turn that off. Intellectually, I was always taught, listen to your gut, but in the, in the reality and practice, the actions of my life and the lessons I was actually taught did not align with the constant message of go with your heart, go with your gut, you know, it's right for you. And so I had to turn it off while intellectually thinking I was listening to it because the verbal left brain words I was getting was listened to it. And there were certain ways I was listening to it, but in these core, core ways, just to give an example, like going to such horrible schools and being told these are right for me and lying to myself about people that were right for me. And while at the same time saying, go with your gut. So if this feels right. So there were a lot of little things day to day that I was always you make the choice. You're free to make the choice. Probably a lot more than the people I was around who were being more forced into societal norms in a certain way. Like I could always pick my own clothes. You know, as a young child, pick your own toys. A lot of daily choices, but not in the core way. So I just, for me, I I think because these are a little obscure, so I'm trying to give concrete examples. That is how I think it got very, very confused in me, and it's been something that I've been relearning. So I would think this would be a way that human design and understanding it could really help people understand. Absolutely. Those are all great examples. And yeah, that's probably one of the, I I call it the generator trap. Like anybody who has that generating quality, that's probably one of the biggest challenges with it. It's also such a gift because when you learn how to listen to it and experiment with it and lower risk situations, you gain more and more trust that your body is always giving you the the answer that that is going to be best for you. But yeah, at the end of the day, you can be told to listen to your gut all you want, and you can get to choose what you want for dinner or what you're wearing that day. But at the end of the day, you're still being told, well, are you even going to make money doing that for a job? You know, you're still going to be told to consider the logical side of things, the rational things. And it's like, That's as counterintuitive as that feels. That's not what you're designed to do, if you will, as a generator. You're meant to follow your gut and know that the more you do that, it will align. The the opportunities that are meant for you will literally be attracted to you and present themselves to you. I know so many people want to learn to listen to their heart, their gut, probably cross the board, no matter their type, get in touch with who they are. What are the baby steps where people can start to learn to listen to their inner voice? Through the lens of human design or just in general? Both, because it's something you did for yourself. If you don't mind getting a little personal, can you, do you want to share how you did it yourself? For sure. I mean, I did it through the lens of astrology and human design. So I'll just speak from that angle to start with. You can Google that and just get your chart and... I have a, I personally offer, and I know there's tons of them on the the internet that are the very brief, how to live by your design at the highest level type freebies, if you will. So 
honestly, as deep as it goes, you don't have to overcomplicate it and know every single nuanced piece. I think that's like a really important thing that I do with my clients. It's like, yeah, I'll share all that information with you. I don't expect you to know it. Knowing the littlest pieces at the highest level and adapting your life to kind of, again, go with the flow of those things is going to have probably the most dramatic difference versus going down into the minutia and trying to change every aspect of your life. That's probably just going to be more overwhelming than anything else. So for me, again, experimenting with those high level things has shifted legitimately everything in my life over the past couple of years as I've been playing with it. And I think some other ways too of just tuning in a big piece of human design in general, especially if you are the general public, so you can just almost bank on being that, <laughs> is knowing that your body is your greatest source of wisdom. Like you said, you've you always had those gut responses. You knew your body was telling you those things. And I think everybody has that, but the generators and manifesting generators are going to have a much more pronounced connection with it, where that's going to be the loudest voice, if you will, telling you and directing you to, to stay on your most you know aligned path, like what you actually want to be doing, not what people are telling you you should be doing. So you had mentioned in astrology, there is predictive astrology. That is based on the transiting planets. So again, like what's happening real time and live, and we can see astronomically what the planets are going to be doing as far out. You know, like we already know 20 years from now where Pluto is going to be, whether you decide that that's a planet or not, you know what I mean? Celestial bodies. And so it's based on that. That's what we're looking at. And that's why we can see into the future, if you will. And what it comes down to, the interpretations are that every single planet and every single sign, so like, again, Aries, Aquarius, the different signs, they each have different themes associated with them. These like key words that come up when we're looking at the patterns that each of these reflects in real life. So when we're able to interpret these things, it's like a pairing, again, a connecting of the dots of like, okay, this sign plus this planet at this crossing over this area of your life, which would be the house in your chart, could potentially show up in X, Y, and Z way. To what extent is free will versus everything written in stone? I think you're going to get a different answer from every astrologer. I also think from my point of view, you should never trust an astrologer that's telling you it's written in stone. I, I mean, I kind of think of it similarly to mediumship and things like that. It's like they can do as much as they can and they're just relaying information. But at the end of the day, like sometimes it gets tweaked. How many times have I, <laughs> have my other senses led me astray? And so that's kind of how I view astrology as well. It's like I can interpret it based on the information that I know, but at the end of the day, again, this goes back to the spectrums, this can show up in so many different flavors that I can at least tell you the core themes that might be present at this time for you. Which again, back to your example, death is associated with Pluto. Saturn is associated with the father. I don't know what else was going on, but that's why I initially was like, okay, that's probably two of the two of those planets were probably playing some sort of a role in whatever that interpretation was that you read. 
it didn't say death, it said a father trauma, which again isn't specific because I'm sure there are plenty of people who have my exact, I guess it was moon, sun, I, I don't know, whose dad did, I don't think every single one of us all had our dad die within the same three years. It'd be a fascinating experiment to see, to get all of us together and see if some huge father trauma happened at that time. Well, that's also where the rising sign could have played in because what house it was transiting could have been spoken to why it was showing up traumatically for you, where for others, it might not have been showing up that way. You mentioned the majority of us are generators and we are the ones that feel things viscerally or physically, I guess I should say the word, literally physically feel things. There's a lot of talk that maybe chronic illnesses and immune deficiencies are related to trauma. There's an interesting study, I don't think there's been final conclusions, but for example, a lot of psychic mediums, some data that, some correlative data, I'm not going to say it's causational yet because we don't know, but there's correlative data with psychic mediums that a lot have had a lot of extreme trauma in their life. The other correlation is that psychic mediums have a lot of chronic health issues. And who knows what that relates to. But there are other studies coming out that people who've had trauma, a lot of trauma, have had a lot of health issues and chronic health issues. Do you think that ties in in some way based on what you said? Like if you keep feeling this visceral body reactions and you're not acting on it and you're causing a trauma to your body, what do you think about that? Super disclaimer that neither of us are doctors. So this is just us playing with thoughts, which we both like to do. Yes, thank you for disclaiming for me, because I would have said the same thing. Yeah, I think it's tied together for sure. I think whether you're a generator and you're blocking off the fact that those signals are coming through through your body, or if you're any of the other types and you're having thoughts or emotions or something else that you're, again, suppressing and literally just turning the volume down, you're like, you know what, I can't deal with that. So I'm just going to block it off. The way that my brain kind of thinks of it is... I guess similar in the way of, you know, Chinese medicine almost, where we have these all of these different energy points in our bodies and you're just shutting off channels that it's trying to flow through. And it's then having to flow through other channels, which are potentially also obstructed from you completely ignoring them, blocking them, literally putting your own, you know, quote unquote wall up. And Again, I have no idea how this turns into what it does, but I absolutely believe that that can probably manifest itself into sickness in some way because there is now this like focus of energy going down a channel that it wasn't intending to go down anymore because you've blocked off those channels. And I also, to your other point of just people who do have those gifts and abilities and they're tapped into them. I think that goes back to just the receptivity and sensitivity, which human design talks about. I think we, again, block off certain things from conditioning and from our own experiences. And when we experience something traumatic like sickness or like a death, we hit this point of desperation where we kind of just say, fuck my conditioning. I'm, I'm open to all options. I'm receptive again, like I once was, or like I was designed to be. And that's kind of when these channels stop being obstructed and you are open to more things that you literally weren't before. 
I think all of us have experienced where you meet somebody or you meet a group of people and you're like, oh my God, these are my people. I am so aligned with them. And you meet other people who are perfectly nice people. They're absolutely nothing wrong with them, but you just don't feel connected with them. How much does human design type tie into that? And then I'll follow up with asking how much does astrology, astrological type tie into that? Yeah, so I wouldn't say it's type necessarily that's going to play into it with human design. It's more the actual specific gates, which goes back to the I Ching, the Chinese I Ching side of human design. And that again is back to like those those more specific hundreds of energy centers in our bodies. In this specifically, it's 64 that we're looking at. But let's just say you have a gate activated in a certain area of your body and I have one at the opposite end of what that channel would create, basically. This whole new energy comes out then when we're together. We're able then with you plus me equals something new. And to your point, sometimes that's something that we're both really vibing on. And sometimes it's like, I don't love the side of myself that comes out when I'm with that person. And again, I think there's spectrums to all of this. And it doesn't necessarily mean that person is a bad person. It's just they're bringing out a lower expression of who you are in that way by activating that channel between the two of you. So that's that's like the language of human design behind that. It's I love human design synastry looking at like your chart layered on top of mine to see, okay, this is who I am as an individual. That's who you are as an individual, but who are we together? For example, in like terms of co-founders, best friends, who you marry, your soul tribe of like your five best friends. So it's not like all five manifest generators will be a better group of friends than a more diverse group or a manifest generator should marry another manifest generator. That is irrelevant. It, yeah, it's really, that's almost like saying like, oh, you're an Aquarius sun and so am I. We are a match made in heaven. To your point, you already have seen that that's just not the case. It's so much deeper than that. There's so much more to look at. And honestly, I would say probably my most cohesive friend groups actually contain a mix of all of the types because they all serve a purpose and we all bring something different to the group that way. We're not all the same. We have a different dynamic that's creating this whole new energy when we're together. And I'll meet people sometimes maybe more like me and I'm like, but we don't get along or just, you don't feel that energy, nothing wrong with them, not even disliking them. But so I think that's interesting. And yeah, I guess when I think of the guys that I've dated the most, I don't know their human design type, but I know astrological signs. We were not the same astrological signs. Like I never paid enough attention. We just didn't celebrate our birthdays at the same time at all. That's all I know. I don't, I never paid attention to signs, especially. I actually have a, a cool example on that. My husband and I, human design wise, like if you're looking at the highest level of human design again, we're both 5-1 projectors. That means nothing to you maybe, but just know those are two of the like higher level classifications. We literally both are that. When you look at our astrology though, and obviously dive way deeper into our human design charts as well, we're polar opposites. And again, this goes back to the spectrum that I'm talking about. If you're looking at astrology, every sign has its opposite. I'm an Aquarius sun. He is a Leo sun. Those are literally at the polar ends of the spectrum from one another. And you have to remember that that means they share an axis. They're they're both on the same axis. So really, 
what we have learned, because we both have huge concentrations and opposite signs in our charts, is that we are often coming at things from completely opposing points of view. But seriously, 95% of the time, we're talking about the same thing. And it takes communication for us to get to the middle point, which is so cool because I feel like it's why we're attracted to each other. Number one, we're pulling out this very different perspective that I wouldn't have seen from, but ultimately we actually agree on so many things. It's just, we don't even think we do or know we do until we can get there. Do you think astrology and human design are basically two ways of explaining the same thing? Are they completely different? I think somewhere in between those. (laughs) I don't think they're completely different. I also don't think they're explaining the same thing. I think they're using the same information or a lot of the same information. Human design's bringing in more factors, as you heard, to share, yeah, I guess, to share different information, to your point, about similar information, based on similar information, I should say. So they're kind of pointing you in different directions based on what they're providing. You gave a very interesting evidential example of human design. What is the most evidential examples of astrology that you've experienced? There's so many. Uh, I feel like for me, one of the biggest aha moments, if you will, like in the beginning of it, was again, I'm an Aquarius sun. If you haven't heard, I've mentioned Aquarius like 16 times. Uh, It's because I have multiple planets in Aquarius. So I didn't believe in astrology growing up, but I always was like, yeah, I mean, that's relatively accurate because I actually do have a lot of planets in Aquarius too. So I resonate with those qualities. And I very much was identifying with it wholly. Like that was who I was, not necessarily through the lens of astrology, but like I'm innovative. I'm different. I'm a logical thinker, all of those things. And when I learned about my entire birth chart, I saw there's this whole other side of me. There's another concentration and a sign that's really different than Aquarius Pisces. And I basically had permission to be like, oh God, I knew that was there. I knew this part of me was there and I have turned it off completely. Like Aquarius is the most detached sign of the Zodiac. They literally are like dissociative queens and (laughs) Pisces is the most feeling, I would say, probably of all the signs. So it was just like this weird paradox that I'd never been able to articulate. And I felt so seen, which honestly is probably the biggest feedback that I get when I do readings is I've known this was there. You didn't tell me anything I didn't know. I just haven't been able to put words to what this felt like until kind of hearing it in this way. If you could design a dream experiment to explore either human design or astrology, what would that be? I mean, yeah, I'll just say my disclaimer then will be know that this is this is what's coming off the cuff and it would be so much more nuanced, I'm sure, than what I'm about to say. I feel like I have this thought all the time. I'm like, oh, wow, I'd love to see how that plays out. Oh, yeah, this is this is tough to say on the spot. I, I feel like, though looking at the key parameters of type, let's just say, because again, that's the highest level. And like, you don't have to know a ton about a person to see how that plays out. If we could look at just the different ways that that shows up and play with the strategies that are associated with each type and do some sort of test around the, the results angle, I guess, you know, 
are things actually playing out better for this person or how they actually wanted them to when they are following their strategy or when they're not, you know, like I would love to see the actual ratios of what that look like. I've seen it play out in my own life for sure, but I obviously don't have like a running tally of every single time I've followed my strategy. (laughs) I will ask you, are there examples, if you're allowed to share this, of clients who you've watched their life transform as they lived more according to their human design or their astrology? Yeah, I I can definitely give examples of the ones who are openly talking about it already. They would not mind or have given testimonials speaking to these points. I can think of one off the top of my head. Again, back to that like voice within us where generators, oftentimes it's that sacral center. It's your gut response. This person was a projector like me and he has a self-projected authority. So long story short, what that means is it's coming from his heart space and it's coming from, okay, I probably actually know exactly what is best for me right now, but I have to say it out loud. I have to hear my thoughts for it to land. They have to self-project. They have to say it out loud and project it out into the world to know what's best for them. So I basically said, hey, I know people in my life who do this. They often talk to themselves. It's You don't need advice from other people. You need to just have a sounding board, even if it's just yourself. And he started doing this. And very, very long story short, he was in this corporate job that he hated. He's still there, but he had this plan for what he wanted formulating as we were working together. And he has completely shifted that and made all of his decisions by actually talking them out. And he's had so many invitations back to the projector angle, like legit so many. He's literally still in his corporate job again. But the second he flipped that switch, he got invited to host ice baths and sauna thing, like things in breath work that he was trying to do at his local gym. He got invited to do that. Within the next week, he got invited to go on a retreat and host breathwork circles, which is something he's trying to now do. Like literally got his plane ticket paid for to go down and go do this. Just there's so many more examples of how this came through. Like he also just had so many more things coming through for him. He, again, back to that like receptivity piece, he unobstructed all of these channels that had been obstructed basically is how I think of it. And things were flowing to him that he had been wanting, but you know, subconsciously blocking himself from receiving until he started actually living by his strategy. That's evidence. And it's just happy. It feels good to hear. It's so cool to watch. (laughs) Going way back to the beginning of our talk, you had your quarter life crisis. I think I can definitely relate to that. Tied in also to a trauma. And you found both astrology, and human design. Now, as such a left brain person, what made you even think these are the two things I should go to? Yeah, I, again, this goes back to that like desperation moment when whatever it is that's causing the desperation in your life, when you feel so lost in whatever way that means to you, that you're grasping for straws in any direction that maybe you would have not previously been open to exploring. That's pretty much what opened the doors to both of these for me. Human design, I probably would have been like, I don't, I hadn't even heard of that until I went down the astrology rabbit hole, to be fair. But, you know, everyone knows what astrology is. So 
I basically just was like, you know what, why not? And I just started looking at a couple things here and there. I actually then was seeing enough evidence from what I was looking up to say, okay, I'm going to get a, a good reading done, like a real reading from somebody who's who I respect and trust. And I'm just going to interrupt for one second. You say enough evidence of what you were looking up. Enough evidence. By evidence, you mean stuff that you resonated with that resonated with you, not studies or data. Correct. Personal, personal confirmation, if you will, is probably a better way to put it. So it led me to getting a a reading done, a full-blown birth chart reading. And that really launched me down the, the depths after that. It hit in every single way it possibly could. Every single thing that was shared with me landed. And I then just became obsessed, like I said, and I just started doing not only my chart, but everybody's charts and, you know, people who were just willing to share their information with me for the sake of research, but didn't believe in it were even like, okay, like, yeah, that that's weird. That's extremely accurate. And I can't deny any of that. So that is kind of what just continued again to build my trust in it without having to get so stuck and attached on understanding every single angle of like, but why? I just rolled with it because it was landing with people and I was seeing dots connecting for them as well and like things clicking and they were then able to go take that with them and and actually like integrate it into their life and be like, okay, I am more than just this one thing that I identify with. How has your life changed? I guess there's some of the factual, your new career, but how emotionally or other factual things besides just the obvious that now you do this for work and you used to be in a completely different normal corporate job. Yeah, I would say overarchingly, the biggest things that have shifted with understanding again, how I can go with the most flow in my life again, is I'm so much less tired. And, you know, from the, from the perspective of being just energetically drained, Uh, because I can work with my cycles. I take things less personally because I understand where I am more receptive and more sensitive. And I have more grace and self-compassion with myself as well. I have more context, I should say, around potentially why this is showing up. And also from like the transiting planet perspective, I also know that this is happening right now, but it's probably going to pass in three days. So that's been really amazing as well, especially during this weird time that we're living in with like so much heaviness going on. It sometimes can feel overwhelming and knowing that like the additional heaviness that you're feeling today is going to be lifted tomorrow is really a lovely thing. And I would say the other biggest thing probably is that because I also know where I'm more sensitive and receptive, I've been able to put in much stronger boundaries in my life, knowing that that's what's best for me. And obviously we all know when you put boundaries in place where they're needed, everything changes. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you'd like me to ask you? Anything else you want to add? I don't think so. I feel like this was good. I mean, the only thing I would say, if you want me to give like another story, the way that I got my current position with my, like I work for my coach right now. Oh, I didn't know that. I I do my own thing as well. Yeah. Yeah. Tell that. So I, an example of just how it's showed up, like living by my strategy as a projector, I do have my own business. I do this, but because I was leaving a very financially stable 
job, as we know, I didn't want to completely freak out my nervous system and have it need my business to work literally right out of the gate. Like that was going to make me panic. And so I hit this breaking point though with, with my corporate job. And I basically was like, Oh, I'm going to have to quit before I'm ready. And before I'm making money and I don't have a plan B, but I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I will figure it out. I just can't stay here anymore. And the second I voiced that out loud, I had a call with my coach that afternoon and my business coach. And she was like, that's really weird that you say that. I actually have a call with a recruiter right after I'm talking to you, like back-to-back calls. And she was like, I'm bringing in somebody to just do something in the back end for my business. If you want to do it, go for it. It would take the full financial pressure off of what you're doing to succeed right away. And obviously I'm also your business coach and literally want you to build your business. Like this is, you can work as much as you want, basically all the details. But again, I didn't try to force it. I just surrendered to the fact that it wasn't for me and I had to leave. And the second I did that, I got an invitation. It was very, very validating. Do you just feel happier about life in general? 100%. Yeah. I think the the most marked difference is like actually wanting to get out of bed every morning, <laughs> not waking up dreading the day ahead is a lovely, lovely feeling that I started to forget was how it should be. You know, you shouldn't wake up dreading the day ahead. Hey, everyone. I'm really excited to let you know about the science and spirituality salons I'm now hosting. During these intimate events, a scientifically verified psychic medium will give all of you readings, and I will give a talk on the science and evidence that changed my mind about an afterlife. This will also be an amazing opportunity to get to meet some of you in person or virtually, and to share more about all the science and data that transformed my worldview and got me through my worst days. These can be hosted in your home, in a nearby cafe with a private room, or they can even be virtual. I've hosted a few already, and they were really special, fascinating, emotional, evidential. So if you're interested in getting a small group together over dinner, brunch, drinks, coffee, to learn more about the science and to get evidential medium readings, send me an email at Hello at WTFJustHappened.net and put science and spirituality in the title. Inspired by David Justice, who died after a nearly two-year battle with glioblastoma, JET, Joyful Experience Team, was founded by his son Oliver Justice and his best friends, River Attard, Leo Gerstein, Jack Gorenstein, and Felix Ward. JET seeks to create joyful experiences for families struggling with brain cancer, a chance to enhance their lives with experiences that are rich in love and will be treasured for all time. We believe, like David did, that life should not be measured in time, but in joyful moments. JET will allow families coping with this painful diagnosis to go to special events and be treated like VIPs. Go to makingheadway.org forward slash jet for a complete list of programs and activities.
And now we're going to pause for a second for the question of the week. This week's question is from Amy R. Hi, Amy. Thanks for reaching out. And Amy wants to know, are there any special tips I have when booking a medium reading? I have written about this some on my website, and this is a popular question, so I will definitely be addressing this more in the future. Okay, Amy, I have a lot. So I'll stick with a main one, which I say is use a fake name, hide your identity, have a friend pay with their credit card or PayPal, and just pay them back. Most of the mediums I've encountered are honest, although not all. But if you don't hide your identity, I think you'll just always wonder. The good ones won't be offended if they find out you did that. They'll appreciate that you were really thorough and careful and give them a chance to prove that they really are getting valid information. So good luck, Amy. Reach out. Let us know how your reading goes. If you have a question you want me to answer, send it to hello at wtfjust.com happened.net and put question of the week in the subject. I know I usually say first names, but if you want to be completely anonymous, let me know and feel free to reach out anyway, even if you don't have a question. I can't wait to hear your questions and hear from you. Where can everyone find you? And this is for, to clarify, this is for anyone who's interested in human design and astrology readings. Yes. Yes. They can find me at clairecampagna.com or at my Instagram account. Um, That's probably like the best place to just have interactions with me. And that is at Claire period Campagna. And I'll have both of those in the show notes. So thank you so much. Thank you. This was fun. To get more information on what the fuck just happened, go to wtfjusthappened.net. There you can order my book, What the Fuck Just Happened? A Sciency Skeptic Explores Grief, Healing, and Evidence of an Afterlife. And you can learn all about how I came to conclude that there most likely is an afterlife. You can also learn about the early stages of my grief and the amazing, fascinating people I met along the way. You can also read about how much I harassed them trying to get evidence, see if they were cheating, and see if they were sane. There, you can subscribe to our newsletter. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. It makes such a difference, especially for a new podcast like this one. And if any of you have had a crazy what the fuck yourself, have any questions, feedback, or just want to say hi, reach out on either Instagram at WTF underscore just underscore happened underscore, or email me at hello at WTF just happened.net. And remember, you don't have to draw any final conclusions as you wonder what the fuck just happened.